0: This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at Johnson at parkviewfindley.org. So moms, on behalf of kids everywhere, we want to say thank you. For all the squirt guns filled with ice cold water. The water balloons that were more fun because they hit you instead of anybody else. For all of the Nerf. Darts, swords, balls, all of those soft things that found you as the target. Thank you for that. Thank you for all the papers that you were given at 10 p.m. the night before they were due to proofread when what they really needed was some fresh ideas and a complete rewrite. Thank you for all the times that you were asked to, hey, hey, come see this, so we could scare you with a bug. Thank you for all the last-minute things you had to come up with for school the next day, there's a snack or a particular piece of clothing or whatever it was that we needed. Thank you for all of the, the inconsolable tears when the world seemed to be ending all around us that suddenly were better when you drew us into a hug. Moms, thanks for everything. In my own experience with moms, as you can tell from this list, I put my mom through the ringer. I don't know if you, you relate to any of those. I, yeah. My mom dealt with a lot raising me, and she did a great job. Um, apart from her, you know, I've been, had an experience with Becca with raising our boys, and I'm grateful to her for the way that she cares for them and brings them up and cares as much about their knowledge of truth and relationship with the Lord as she does with their well-being and uh, adjusting to growing up in this world. I've had an experience with my grandmother that I got to spend a lot of time with as a kid when my mom got sick. And uh, they lived down the road and, and raised me for a time uh, with all the time I spent with them. My, my grandmother passed away uh, last Sunday. And uh, this is going to be a hard day for a lot of my family. So please keep them in your prayers. I've had moms of friends that that... Decided they wanted to look out for me and encourage me and take care of me. And many of them have have been a a mother figure in my life. Maybe your experience with Mother's Day with your mom looks different than mine. Maybe maybe you and your mom have been best friends. And you talk to her every day, whether it's face-to-face or on the phone, you're inseparable. Maybe you have a loving and supportive mom that stays in touch with you and encourages you and prays for you. Maybe you have some fond memories of your mom from your, your early days growing up, but, but recently you've grown apart. Maybe as you think back to your childhood, you have a lot of resentment and anger, and you're working on those things, and you, you're trying to resolve them. Maybe you've had some very devastating things happen to you growing up, and, and you're still healing from those wounds. Maybe Mother's Day for you is a, a time of grief because it's a reminder of your mom who's passed away and it's always a difficult time of year. Maybe you grew up without a, a, a mother figure present in your life and you're not sure what to do with Mother's Day. Maybe you're a mom today and you have your own kind of experiences as you approach Mother's Day. Maybe you have kids that you are are grateful for, that that you cherish, and they are excited to honor you today. Maybe as a mom, you've got A different approach to Mother's Day because you know today is going to be difficult because your relationships are a bit strained. Maybe you have kids who are grown and they've moved away and moved apart from you. And Mother's Day is difficult because of that separation. Maybe today is painful for you because on Mother's Day you remember the loss of your own child or miscarriage and and there's some pain and sorrow that goes with Mother's Day for you. Maybe you have a, a desire to become a mother, and yet you're struggling with that process. And while you're excited, you're also worried. And Mother's Day is a painful reminder of of what you don't have right now. Maybe you're a mom who's looking at the past and and feeling some remorse, some guilt about the mistakes you've made previously. Maybe today... Like every day, you're overcome with worry about your kids and who they'll become and the way they'll turn out and, and how your example and your care is, is affecting them. Maybe Mother's Day has meaning for you because of a mother figure in your life that, that really isn't your biological mom, but who, who has meant so much to you and has invested in you in ways that no one else ever could or would. Maybe you have decided that you're going to invest in the life of someone younger and you've become a mother figure to somebody else and today is special to you because of that relationship that's grown as you've become a mother figure in their lives. However it is that you're approaching today, I hope today is a wonderful day for you moms. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you are are thanked and shown gratitude and appreciation by your families. I hope that you, you rest today. I hope that you've Find peace today. As we continue talking about motherhood, I want to talk about the examples we have from Scripture. As we turn from from beginning to end, we we see all these examples of of mothers in the Bible, and some of them are great examples for us to learn from. Others of them are are terrible examples of of mistakes that were made, of, of horrible things that happened, and I'm encouraged by all of those stories that are true and real and remind us that being a wonderful mother isn't about being perfect it's about continuing to care and lead and guide be who God made you to be in those moments as you encourage your children we look back to the beginning pages of the Bible and we we see Eve the mother after creation uh, give birth and begin to populate the world and, and even in that early time the the sorrow that Eve must have felt as her son struggled and Cain turned on Abel and took his life. What that would have been like for her to see her sons endure that difficulty. We think about Sarah, who struggled for years, not being able to have children. And the joy she would have felt when finally Isaac came into the world. We read about Rebecca and and the, the manipulation and difficulty as her twin sons lived in opposition to each other. And she favored one, her husband favored the other. Then we look later the story of Pharaoh's daughter who, who went out into the waters of the Nile and found a basket floating among the reeds. And then it was a young Hebrew boy. And she enlisted the services of one of the slaves, the Hebrew slaves, to nurse him and, and raise him up until he was old enough to be on his own. And she took him into the, the palace as her own, raising him up. What a wonderful experience for Moses. We read about Ruth and Naomi together as Naomi's husband died, her sons were killed, and she and her daughters-in-law were, were left to figure out what to do, and Ruth and Naomi forged this bond together as Ruth committed to stay with her, and they grew together as mother and daughter, and Naomi helped Ruth find a home and a new husband. We turn to the page of the New Testament and see Mary and her relationship with Jesus. She gave birth and to this baby boy, laid him in a manger. And continued to care for him. When his life was in danger, she fled with Joseph to Egypt to care for Jesus, to make sure he would survive. When they visited Jerusalem and were on the journey home and they couldn't find him, they went back to look for him, desperately searching to find him sitting in the temple. that he had been talking with priests there in his father's house. She was continually supportive and present in his life. We don't necessarily read much about that in the pages of the Gospels, but we see her standing at the foot of the cross. As we read through the letters that Paul wrote, the churches, we find this example of Timothy's mother and grandmother who invested in his faith, who taught him truth of God's word, Lois and Eunice, developing him, helping him to grow. In the Gospels, we read about James and John, who are called sons of thunder. Now, there's explanations as to where that nickname came from, their boisterous personality. I always thought it was an interesting thing to nickname for dad, that they called it their dad Thunder, and therefore their sons of Thunder. What if it was their mom that was the Thunder? Probably, maybe, it was she who gave them that nickname as they tore through the house. Quiet down, you little sons of Thunder. Moms have a particularly interesting role in our lives. As we talk about that valuable role, I'd like to study what Scripture has to say about the virtues that can be seen through the example that we have in mothers. I'd like to ask you to turn to Proverbs chapter 31 with me. Proverbs 31 is uh, known pretty well as the the characteristics of a godly woman. The last two-thirds of that proverb speak to those virtues. And the last half of the that section speaks more specifically to motherhood. So I'd like to begin reading in verse 25 with you regarding What God's word says about these godly traits. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, as he praises her, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Mothers demonstrate the character of God. They are in a unique position to provide that example to us. The wisdom of Proverbs tells us that a noble mother possesses these attributes. Strength, dignity, humor, wisdom, instruction, diligence, Moms uniquely are gifted to provide that example. Verse 25 tells us that she is clothed with strength and dignity. Motherhood requires such strength. Strength of will, mental strength, physical strength, emotional strength. You know, as a new parent, a, a young mom has, has more to learn about being a mother than she already knows. She's thrown into this idea of raising a child with no experience, wondering how she's going to manage, and yet in the the... Crash course on parenting that comes in those first few months. Very little sleep. Learning on the fly. She grows so significantly. Strength defines a mother, so does dignity. It's such an honorable calling to choose to make sacrifices to bring up and care for the next generation. She's closed with strength and dignity. She laughs at the days to come. As a warrior laughs in the face of danger, a mother laughs, thinking about all the things that you might do to her in the days to come. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. She has faced so many things already, and she's learned to overcome. She's learned to clean up in the middle of the night with no sleep at all, any mess that can come out of a child. She has learned to do life with one arm, and she's holding her child. She has learned to wrangle all the stuff that goes with kids, high chairs, pack and play, strollers, sports equipment, books, going to school, whatever it is, she has shown such incredible physical strength. She's continually learning and adapting as we grow, staying a step ahead, being prepared for the things that come. And even as we step into adulthood and our relationship changes, she's still mom, even though the care that she provides is different. It's still there. And she laughs at the days to come Probably because of all the things we've put her through. There's nothing that she's going to face that she can't laugh off. So it makes mothers so special. They develop a sense of humor that carries them through all the difficulties to come. You think about all the humor that your mom has demonstrated to you in your life. All those moments when there was nothing left for her to do but just laugh. Maybe because in those difficult moments, she's remembering the words of her own mother who said, I hope you have a kid just like you. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because she really doesn't know what else to do, and laughing is the only thing left. Mothers are uniquely gifted for those difficult moments. Verse 26 says she guides her family with words of wisdom. Mothers are teachers. They provide education, example, guidance, correction, encouragement, discipline, and they are aware of the hidden dangers of parenting, that all the time kids are watching, remembering, recording, And at the worst possible moment, they're going to hit play and say all the things that you've said in private. They're going to hit play and do all the things that they've seen you do. Mothers are ready. And they take advantage of these teachable moments. They use them for the good of the whole family, not just to help their kids develop and grow, but to guide their spouse, to help everyone in the house grow. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Moms have supernatural senses. When I was growing up, I used to think my mom had eyes on the back of her head, like she could see me doing the things that I didn't think she could see. Now that I'm a husband and my my wife is a mother, I know that it's more than just eyes on the back of your head. You have supernatural senses. You can see the things that kids don't think you can see. You can hear things that to other people would be inaudible. You can smell things before they happen. (laughs) You know when a mess is coming. You know when something's turning green under the bed. You know. You can see those imperceptible movements as the kid grabs peas off their plate and gives them to the dog. You see it. You know. You can hear that that odd, sudden silence that means your boys are up to no good. It's too quiet. You just know. It's supernatural. It's amazing the way God has gifted you to care for your family. I find the next phrase intriguing. She does not eat the bread of idleness. What does that mean? Jonah suggested that it's... uh, it's the, the bread that you didn't bother throwing away. And it's a little too stale to make a sandwich out of, but you could still make French toast out of it. That's the, that's the bread of idleness. I think it's a, it's a phrase that really illustrates that she indulges in laziness. That she, that's what the proverb says. She doesn't do that. And the, the bread of idleness will be bread that's not tended well, that hasn't been kneaded enough, that wasn't given time to rise, and therefore it turns out chewy and tough and gross. This is the bread of idleness. A mother that's godly, doesn't indulge in that kind of laziness. She's prepared, she's active, she's continually cleaning, cooking, working, staying up late, driving kids to practices, games, and events. Motherhood is exhausting, and we're grateful for all that you do. Verse 28 says, "The Children of a noble wife, rise up and call her blessed. That's what Mother's Day is all about. Taking time today to say the things that we should be saying every day. And what a great tribute to a mother to have her children and husband stand up and publicly acknowledge how great of a mother she is. It'd be even more of an honor for grown children to come back and speak to their mother and say all of those things you worried about, all the all the things that you did, that you provided an example, the care that you you provided for me. I'm so glad for what you've done. I'm blessed because of you, and I hope that you're blessed because of who I am because and through your example. This verse talks very specifically about making a public statement about how much mom means to those who are closest to her. Even her husband publicly says concerning his spouse, many women do noble things. You surpass them all. He's a very silver tongued very very wise man who's willing to say such meaningful things to his wife. Verse 30, of all the things that she might strive for, a fear of the Lord is greatest. A life of faithfulness is filled with such grace and beauty that surpasses any other pursuit. Verse 31, she deserves honor and praise on social media. Mother who cares so selflessly for her family, continues to pursue a relationship with the Lord, should be honored where people are gathered today. Where is that place where people gather? Is it in the foyer after church where everybody's talking? Is it in the stands among other families that you've gotten to know while you watch your kids play? Is it on social media where people talk and discuss and make decisions much like they did at the city gates in the Old Testament? Truth is, we can never thank moms enough for choosing to be an example of godly character in our lives. And maybe the best place we should do this is for the men who are married to these wonderful moms to, to say in front of your kids how much you value your spouse, how great of a mother she is, to honor her with dignity and respect in front of your children so that they will develop that same sense of respect and gratitude towards her. Now, as we've been talking about these godly traits of motherhood, Maybe you've been thinking about your own family. You've been thinking about your mom and, and the way that she has cared for you. And, and maybe she's been a, much like this godly example. Maybe she's, she's very good at a couple of these but has struggled with others. Maybe you as a mom have been thinking about this list of godly attributes that you're striving to live up to. We want to we thank you today, moms, for the way that you continue to let God work in your life to grow you and develop you so that you can care for us the ways that you do. God has, from the beginning, been clear about how families should interact with one another, instructing and guiding. As we follow God's word concerning families, we find peace and joy that will carry us through difficulty. For those of us who aren't mothers, we've been given clear instructions about how we should respond, specifically to our parents. Ephesians chapter 6 retells the the. Commandment that was given to the people of Israel, verses one through three, says this, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. And we honor mothers in faithful obedience to the Lord. This is what God has instructed us to do. This command was given to the people of Israel, handed to Moses on Mount Sinai. For most children this promise that God made makes sense, and we trust God in his promises, that when we obey and honor our parents, that it will go well with us, and we'll have long life on the earth. For some children, though, we have to learn this the hard way, and we learn how difficult things get when we're disobedient, and we choose to disrespect our moms or our parents. Sometimes it's because we've experienced the consequences that come from mom herself. If you do not honor your mother. It will not go well with you, and she will make sure that you do not enjoy what little bit of life you have left on the earth. She will become the hand of God when you disobey his command. (laughs) In our connect group this week, we were talking about the process of disciplining children, about how important it is to be consistent and to follow through on the consequences that you threaten your kids with. And as a parent, that's a difficult thing to do, isn't it, moms? It's, It's hard to say if you continue, if you are disobedient, you're not going to be able to watch TV or play video games for the rest of the weekend, knowing that if something goes wrong, you're going to be stuck with kids who have nothing to do, and they're going to be talking and asking questions and wanting you to entertain them because they can't sit for a couple of hours and relax. And so you're not going to be able to relax. It's hard to follow through on those things, but moms, you know how vitally important it is to prove to your children that they can trust you, to be consistent in following through on those things consequences, and you're able to do that because you know and care about the kind of people that your children will become, you follow through even when it's difficult. Now, children often have difficulty with the idea of obedience, and we learn the value of obeying parents and honoring parents. We also learn the discipline of choosing to obey and honor God. And that's, that's a unique example that God has provided to us here on earth, that the way we interact with our parents is a picture of our relationship with the Lord. And as we discover the value of, of obeying, as we discover the value of respect and honor, we learn about how we can do that to the Lord as well. I want to close our sermon with a psalm. This was a, a suggestion of my wife, this 131st psalm. It's a reminder of the special blessing that comes from drawing close to the Lord, a blessing that's especially meaningful today on Mother's Day, when moms sometimes are just longing for a bit, of, a bit of peace, longing for a few moments to rest. Rather than hearing from me, I thought it would be good for you to hear from another mom. My wife recorded this video a little while ago, and so I'd like for us to watch this together.
1: I don't remember the exact age when my boys started thinking that hugs and kisses from their mother were gross, but it was too soon for me. But I had a few tricks up my sleeve that helped coax a few more out of them before they realized what was going on. I'll give you an example. When the boys were younger, we used to wrestle, and when they realized they couldn't escape from my grip, I used to tell them that some of my weaknesses were hugs and kisses. That trick? stopped working not long after Joel started laughing at my trickery, which alerted the boys that something was wrong. But I don't just miss the kisses. I also miss the snuggles. There's just something about your small child snuggling with you that makes you feel like everything is right with the world. As I think back to those days when my boys used to snuggle with me, my mind connects to Psalm 131. This psalm is only three verses long, and it's credited to David it says O lord my heart is not proud nor my eyes haughty nor do i involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me surely i have composed and quieted my soul like a weaned child rests against his mother my soul is like a weaned child within me o israel hope in the lord from this time forth and forever when i think of this song i get drawn into the imagery of a weaned child resting against their mother And then I reflect on the difference between a child who is at peace, content, and at rest, with a child who's discontent, fretful, agitated, and hungry. It draws me into self-reflection. And then I start thinking about the things that cause me to be unsettled. Right now, it's easy to watch what is going on around me and be consumed by worry, fear, and anxiety. But I can trust in God's word. And rest in his promises and provision. David continues with what is one of my favorite lines in the book of Psalms. He says, like a weaned child rests against his mother, so my soul is like a weaned child within me. David can do this because he has learned who God is, that he keeps his promises and word. David developed a deep trust in God, so David is able to stop and compose and quiet himself. Since David trusts in the Lord, he can find rest. And since he trusts God, he is able to act on that trust. He is an example that we can look to, to see how we should respond to the situations we find ourselves in as we walk through life. The funny thing is, when I don't rest in his embrace, when I constantly try to figure things out on my own or try to manage on my own, I become restless and distraught. But when I compose my spirit by remembering His promises and by reading His word, I can rest under His care. I can be like a child who is content and satisfied with what's been given to them, knowing, trusting, and depending on God's provision that He is good and that I am safe and loved. When I think of this psalm, I've learned to ask myself three questions. What am I focused on? Am I focused on the world, or am I focused on God? What am I feeding on? Am I feeding on what the world is offering? Or am I feeding on God's Word and His promises? And in in whom, or what, am I trusting? Am I trusting in God? Or am I trusting in myself? This is one of my favorite psalms because it reminds me of submissive trust. That God, the sovereign God who takes care of everyone, is taking care of me as well. The world may be going crazy, but God's promises still stand. So let's hope in Him from here on out because we trust Him.
0: We find calm, quiet, and contentment in the Lord like we can find in no other place in this world. And, moms, I want to encourage you today with these words that you can find this kind of peace and rest in Him that you can't find. In a hot cup of coffee in a recliner that you can't find on the couch, binge-watching, streaming episodes and movies, that you can't find in chocolate, that you can't find in a movie night with the girls. The, the rest, the calm, the quiet, the contentment that God provides surpasses any other form of peace that you might find in this world. And it surpasses our understanding of what that means. And it's found in God when we turn to him and allow him to draw us close. Now, there are lots of times when we come to God with, with our needs, especially in, in motherhood. We come to God with, with, with worry about our children. We, we come to God with, with fears about, about the things that they're doing and the people that they're around. And we come to God desperate to have him help us resolve the difficulties, the problems, the the confrontations. And God is able to do those things. But moms, I want to encourage you to to turn to the Lord apart from those times. To rest in his embrace and let him bring to your life a calm, quiet, contentment that only he can provide.